1: Matt Butler. I don't talk, <laughs>
3: man. I back
1: it up, and we are sock full of that. man. They're right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom
0: line. Because stone, gold sets so. up.
1: If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all.
4: Coming strong with another off-season edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. Not gonna waste any time. We'll get right into it. There's not a ton going on some issues we've got to get to. Attrition, which seems to be everybody's favorite off-season topic. We'll get to some of that. Also want to get to something that Rod brought to my attention a couple years ago and it's always an interesting way to break down Texas once a season is over. Uh, so we'll do that and uh, see what else we can get to in uh, Runtime Listeners. Thank you so much for your uh, support uh, and continued listenership of The Blitz. Those of you who are first-time listeners, let me bring in everybody else. He, uh, he is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, no longer the man behind the glass the man that sits right next to me, but nonetheless, he's the best in the business when it comes to the technical side of the podcast game, Matt True. Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Uh, pretty well, but I also
0: want to say that I bet some of these young kids are passing me up. I'd say five years ago, I was one of those guys that was really savvy with the boards in the podcast game, but then nowadays, there's there's a lot of people catching up, but I appreciate the high accolades.
3: I think you're uh, I think you doing yourself a disservice, brother. I think I, you're I, still would, one of I the best, no finally. doubt. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think Jeff's one of the best hosts in the business, too, but right. Rod, you know yeah. you. Also, I'm biased. You and Craig Way, y'all do a pretty
4: damn good job, too. And uh, I will give credit to uh, one of the best damn minds, one of the best mouthpieces in the game mm-hmm. that uh, has gotten getting critical acclaim, Rod B., everybody here in Austin, uh, the folks in Houston, uh, nationally, anybody that's had you on their shows uh, knows what it's all about, and we love him here on the Blitz, because he's the third member of the team on Lockdown Corner here on the show. Lifetime Lockhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. We're coming up on a 15-year anniversary Man, of this pandemic. long time ago. Drafted. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. That is the Johnny Manziel tie-in where you can separate. That's right, baby. Not, not many degrees now to separate. Tiger B. Cat. And Johnny Manziel. When he was done with football in Canada, got himself back to Austin, Texas under the 48th grade. Earned his degree. If he had his T-ring, which he's not in possession of right now, he would wear it proudly. <laughs> Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU number 21 year program, No Morning Hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, Rod, let's go Thanks ahead and start intro, this bro. week talking. About the attrition. Uh, we got yeah. it from a team source. There was another report out there that confirmed it's not official. The school's not gonna comment on it until it's official. Uh, but everything we've heard is that Reggie Hempel Maps is in the process of seeking a transfer from the Forty Eight.
3: Very interesting,
4: man. Now there's a couple Very ways you can look at this. You yeah. can look at this as well. Did Tom Herman really went over the locker room? Blah blah blah. You can go down that road, or you can go down the road that says Reggie Hemphill Maps signed with Charlie Strong came into play for a different group of coaches. Maybe he's just not vibing with this group of coaches. Maybe it's best just for everybody to go their separate ways. The normal kind of attrition that happens probably within the first year that you have a coach change. Uh,
3: you know what? And that was pretty much my take from it too because – what is he, a uh, red-shirt, redshirt sophomore? Freshman. Redshirt freshman. Well, oh, yeah, rising he was, uh,
4: rising third-year sophomore.
3: Yeah. He would be, yeah, okay, the, the next year of eligibility for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to me it was one of those things where, yeah, I could go deep into the offensive identity crisis of Texas and um, – you know quarterback rotations and the the I would say the musical chairs that they played at wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, the personnel dis- decision, which were mind-boggling. We can all agree there were times where there was no rhyme or reason to what they did in terms of the wide receiver rotations. Uh, Colin Johnson not being in during a red zone possession is number one. You are six six wide receiver, but I could go on, but I won't. A Mon- a Monty Foreman's an example of that. We could go on, but we won't. Uh, and some of that's competition, some of that's culture, whatever. I'll just stick with the. The, the simplest explanation is probably the most accurate for me in this situation. And I'll just say it's just attrition. And it seems like a lot of Charlie Strong guys, they just, not saying that they dislike the regime. And I don't necessarily think there's something where they, um, you know, ha- maybe they did because Reggie Hemp Maps was suspended for a half, I believe.
4: Yeah, you got that one yeah. half suspension yep. for right? the uh, San Jose right. State game. Yeah.
3: So maybe there, ha- maybe there was a, a point that they reached or the coaching staff reached where they realized oh, this is not going to work. Cu- culturally, this guy doesn't fit mm. with what we want to do. And, yeah, maybe that's why you're seeing a, an unprecedented amount of guys leave early for going their senior year as Junior's deciding, I'm gone. <laughs> you're a punter. I'm gone. All right? <laughs> you're only you're not going first round or second round or third round. I'm gone. Chris Chris Ward, why the hell are you? Man, I'm gone. I'm just gone. I'm done with it. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why you got some graduate transfers who are deciding, hey, man, you can compete for the uh, you know a position or uh, the starting rotation of the offensive line. They're deciding, nope, I want out. I'm yeah. gone. So I'm not getting – getting deep into like oh man Tom Harmon's doing it wrong no when you have, bring in a new regime new culture Texas needed that we all agreed it needed a new culture it needed a change and not everybody was going to survive that change yeah. Yeah. not everybody was going to transition into it well that's the whole point of change so I'm just siding with that yeah man that he felt like he wasn't a good fit doesn't mean he's not going to go somewhere and succeed mm-hmm. doesn't mean those guys who left early to go to the NFL aren't going to go somewhere and succeed in football or graduate transfer or succeed in football somewhere but the point is they it is an issue of culture, but I think it's not as much angst in it as some people are proclaiming that, man, Tom Herman really pissing a lot of people off. No, I just think Tom Herman is coming in and he's changing things that need to be changed, and not everybody agrees with everything in their society. You know what? I have another option to get the hell out of Texas, and I'm going to take that option. I think Tom Herman's saying, cool. yeah, Go do what you got to do, brother.
0: And because whenever he had the choice, like you said, as a recruit, he committed to play for one coach, and then all that go. changes on him. And he was no, a like Matt guy. Brown fan. Way yeah. back in the day, exactly. Recruiting, you know. Exactly. Recruiter,
3: in, once you know? <laughs> time, yeah.
0: Yep. And, <laughs> and then Regis went
3: through a lot of. I iterations. remember when we yeah.
0: talked about also during the season that you know the way that the maybe with him he's like you see his production per snap production is about as good as anybody on the field. He was about as good as yeah. a punt returner as anybody. And then if say this isn't your coach and maybe the human element isn't working, and then on the field maybe you think you can do more or fit different or it's a different thing that you wanted to play in, and then add on that. I remember at the, the time his family dealing with all the flooding and his grandpa and stuff like there's a lot of chaos going on when all that's unfolding within a month right whenever the beginning of august happened and now he has a choice and if it thinks it's going to work for him it can be good and just like what you said the culture you just look overall and just see that sometimes if just look at numbers 85 people new person not all gonna fit it's a bummer sometimes sometimes they will make it work but if you have power the way hemp hill maps does because he's a guy that actually is like no i was good i can go somewhere and do it like he has the power in that situation be like no well then i'll transfer and i'll go somewhere else don't not every some kids may sit yeah. around and be like this is my opportunity i get to go and prove myself to this coach but maybe it's looked different so just see that human element and then i still got to go fully back to it on the introduction because the way you said tiger cat made me think of it being just like literally a retired nfl player instead of a cougar going up to canada but you're just <laughs> 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 uh, you, you and go. two tiger cats up here in hamilton that was pretty good um, Man,
3: just looking at he, some... don't be surprised if he goes to u of h yeah. too yeah, that's oh, what there the rumor you go. Is I mean right that now, just yeah. makes perfect sense from what I've heard. Don't be surprised if you go straight the, to you. That's UH. what the rot rumor is, right? Yeah.
4: Now. Matt, just looking at some of the advanced statistics from Reggie Hempill, and mm-hmm. I'm using football study hall there, uh advanced statistical profile, which Bill Conley and those guys do an outstanding job breaking the stuff down. Um looking at yards per catch, that's a, a standard metric you can use. He's at ten point nine. Yards per target, he's at seven point seven. Tied with Colin Johnson for the team lead among the regulars. LJ Humphrey was at seven. Uh, you know, that's I mean Lorenzo Joe was at seven. Everybody else is in like the 6.5. Mm. Go down in the fours. Mm-hmm. Um remember yeah. correctly his catch rate. Uh, let's see, catch rate 71.2 yeah, percent, fair. which was way better. That's even better. <laughs> Colin's best. Colin Johnson was only 54, wow. 54.5, be... LJ Humphrey 59.4. Remember,
0: it was standing out since week one. It was consistently, he was head and shoulders. Above I mean, really, seat.
4: among the among the regulars that had like uh, a large number Maybe of catches. Among the regulars that had mm-hmm. a large number of catches, really, I mean it's Reggie Hempel and Amani Foreman. Amani Foreman's catch rate was 72.1%. Wow. So,
3: so you but the two guys, the best catch Don't. rate who had to deal with no, if you think about it, like, what's the best game for Reggie Hempel maps? The K State game, right? Yeah, you have like twenty some yards receiving. Yeah. And, oh, I think it was like 11 receptions. I'm not sure, I gotta go back and check, but it was his best game. So, I want to say after that game, um, and I think I got the staff from you guys at 247, that he had basically like 14 receptions the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, you, right. I mean? you know, what I mean, like, it, so it was, it got to a point where I'm sure we were perplexed and stupefied by the rotation of wide receivers and what's going on. It's like, just play the best guys. Like, there's some guys that are obviously producing. Play those guys. Play them more. They'll produce more. He's he's one of the guys that I think bears out the, at least the notion, that, hey, he's productive in the time, in the little small sample size we have of him statistically in the mm-hmm. advanced metrics. Give him more playing time, it would stand to, you know, yeah, use, help it. It, 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 he would actually increase his production. So I don't really understand it. I'm sure that that's part of the frustration on on those guys' part, too. Remember, there's there's a report that Little Jordan Humphrey was thinking about transferring, too. I'm sure he's not going to do it now. He's not, yeah.
4: but yeah, there was but he, some... Yeah. But,
3: but, but it, it all stems from, man, what the hell's going on with the wide receiver? Like, I'm balling. Like, why can't right. I play? Like, that's how it's supposed to be. But And Armani Foreman, I'm sure, dealt with that frustration. as Well, Colin Johnson, because it, for Tom Herman, it wasn't just all about your production on the field when you played, even though most fans believe it should yeah. be about that.
4: I'll say this, too, Rod, and, and talking about just the general attrition that occurs with the coaching change. I mean, everybody remembers members is going to remember Charlie Strong as a players coach and the players loved him. Think back to some of those guys he inherited from Mac Brown. Some of those guys, not all of them have great glowing opinions of Charlie Strong. And I'm not talking about the guys that did things that got themselves kicked out of the program. The, the Joe yeah. Bergerons and the guys like Shavosky Collins and Jamie yeah. Overstreet and guys like that. I mean, Adrian Colbert's a guy that was buried on the depth chart. He goes to Miami as a graduate transfer. He's an NFL draft pick. Now he's a starter in the NFL That's right. as a safety. Yeah. Um, one of those offensive linemen, I remember talking to a parent when they transferred, Talented. and their quote to me was, My son came here to play for Mac Brown and Stacy Searles. He didn't come here to play for whatever you want to call this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, even
0: though, like, maybe him or him was an old head on the team, you know, and those, all those guys that are leaving early, he already was a different coach guy. He was like one of the last of those guys. I mean, like you said, he was a sophomore when he committed to Mac Brown. Like, mm-hmm. that's how old Texas is. And then this strong thing tied him in. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, and,
4: you know, there were, I, I know, of, of one guy in particular on that defense that t- 2014 defense that wasn't exactly thrilled with yeah. that staff and the way they handled things. So, yeah. I mean, you're never, Rod, it just speaks to, I, I always love the attrition talk, you're never going to get, and you could speak to this having been in the locker room, you're never going to get a consensus of 85 scholarship no, guys no. that love all the coaches, love the head coach, and love the direction of where the program's going.
3: Yeah, and that's why uh, right now I I could totally understand why a lot of guys, they were just Charlie guys. They were Charlie guys, let's be honest. They were Charlie yeah. guys, and this is why the NCAA and Originated in the Big Twelve, uh, there are now proposals to the NCAA to change the transfer rules. Uh, we were talking about this on the show yesterday, where if your coach resigns or leaves, right, fired or, or fired for whatever, you know, that position, mm-hmm. the coach that recruited you, you'll be able to transfer without penalty
4: uh, within like some
3: parameters. Of course, I'm sure there's going to be a GPA requirement and right. you know things of that nature, and it should be by the way, because you're still a student athlete.
4: Are you on track? Are you yes, in, uh, in compliance with APR? All or that kind of
3: it? and um, you can't follow that coach, I believe. Like right. if you're whatever that coach that just left, he goes to another job. You can't follow him. That's right. off limits. So the coach can't just go back and recruit his school that he's leaving. But I mean, that's why they're they're thinking about that because it just makes common sense. It seems fair now because we're talking about attrition. Hell, Texas has been through you know you know our third. We're on our third head coach now um, in the last seven years, you know what I mean. So yeah. there's been a lot of attrition, and it's been really unfair to a lot of players. You came in here for a different fit for a certain. Season, system that you may have been a perfect fit for and that coach just loved you and sometimes it just takes a coach to fall in love with you like you You know what I mean like you may not be a great player by everybody's estimation but that coach really really likes you. Puna Ford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Puna well, Ford a prime example of that. Right. Charlie just loved him some Puna Ford. Loved him some Puna. There are other programs like yeah we like him but uh, man I don't know if I, I want a five right. eleven D tackle. I don't know if I'm into that. And Charlie Jones like man I like Puna. He liked Puna. Right. Like he just liked him. Um, You know what I mean and system changing and I think Puna just ended up fitting into Obviously, Tarlando's system very well, but my point is, like, not everybody's a right fit for that system and that culture, and that change is over, and those guys should be allowed recourse. and I think that's what
4: the thing you use the story all the time that you you have, and I don't want to, you know, put words in your mouth or talk about this guy when he's not here to speak for himself. Ahmad Mm -hmm. Brooks used the example of Brooks all the time. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Brooks and Everett Withers weren't always on the same page. Not at all. Brooks, (laughs) Dwayne Aquina comes in, loves him, and Brooks is one of his guys still to this day. Still to this day, loves
3: him. Ends up starting him at Safety over Car Pearson was a freshman All-American. Yep, but it ended up being the right decision, which yeah. was a bold move. But and you're right, and and, and Brooks started for Coach Withers at one point, but he ended up being benched by Coach Withers, and then they ended up getting getting it odds to the point where they switched wide. They switched him to wide receiver, wow. <laughs> right? The spring, like, those personalities. Yeah, but I think the spring before Akina came in, uh, at least that off before Akina comes in, and then Akina says, "No, nah, man, you got a clean slate here." And no, he Rod. I, what
4: did Dwayne Akina say to Ahmad yeah. Brooks? And yeah,
3: first? man, you got a clean thing with me, brother. That's life, man. That's life. You know what I mean? You got to work out with one guy. It'll work with somebody else. You got to give me your all. You got to give me your
4: balls, brother. I want to <laughs> tell this story because you know <laughs> signing is coming up. This guy's already signed. He's a 24-7 sports five-star prospect, Jalen Green from Houston. I was at Houston. Well, it was they hadn't changed the name. It was Rakin still at that point. But a, I was was a, a DB? I was, yeah, I was at Houston yeah. Heights. I was at Houston Heights uh, a couple springs ago. Watching Jalen Green work out with Dwayne Aquino. Dwayne Aquino was there scouting mm-hmm. him. Nice. And Coach Aquino and I were we're talking and I'm just like I just want to pick his brain. I'm like, what does this guy look for when he's scouting DBs? Yeah, and we're talking and workouts are done and you know we're just kind of shooting the breeze. And he asked me how you're doing, Rod, and he he says, you know, I'm not sure even to this day if I had one guy in a man-to-man situation, I'm not sure I wouldn't take Rod Babers over. Like
3: <laughs> <100 years." laughs> hey man, I'm sure he's pumping it up too. Trust me, he had a lot of great DBs, but I, I appreciate that. But what I think he that's a compliment because I was a technician. I was not a great football player, trust me. But I was a I was a
4: technician about man to man. I studied knew you
3: would it. Do I knew you how to coach. play it. Like I how just, you probably
4: said so one guy in a man-to-man situation. Yeah,
3: like I knew how to play man-to-man. Like I knew the the, the the technique of it. Uh How if I messed up with, you know, I punched with the wrong hand, how to recover, when to use, when to flip your hips, when to just turn your hips. You like look a, like Miyagi all those right now. Yeah. Like, did you ever do oh, man. karate? No, but nope. I, I realized how important it was to use your hands. You can see like me kind that, of mimicking like it right just, now. I mean, it was all defense, all all, defense It was all kind of, yeah, and I should have actually studied more like Hand hand combat because I'm sure that Black would help you I mean, because there is they're, like they're, there's they're a half doing. a second where you and the wide receiver basically playing hand hand combat and if you can get one good punch and get through like Mayweather Next. pow you can like you can you can stun them you know what I mean and then that's all you really need to catch to catch up I I love that to me that was my favorite thing to do and I got in the right system right Carl Boris playing man to man ninety percent of the time so it's like you know what just go play man to man you out there on an island it was a perfect right. fit for me you know what I mean Nathan Vashel was that, was that in the NFL Nathan Vashar got to the NFL was an all-pro with the Bears. After that, out of that system,
4: nope. So Rod, we, we fit, man. When we talk about uh when we talk about, you know, fits and things like that and attrition and you look at what Tom Herman and the staff are doing on the recruiting trail, they got the number three recruiting class in the country That's right. that they're going to add to before signing day next week. Crazy. And you know you talk you hear the young guys in this program talk. Some guys to either Tom Herman's recruited or guys that they've gotten to, they're kind of their guys now. And I do think the majority of the guys in this program are on board with kind of the direction that this staff is going especially the guys on that defensive side of the ball. I mean, we even heard going back to last spring that, you know, even the Malik Jeffersons and the Deshaun Elliots of the world, that they were bought into Todd Orlando and Craig Niver, Jason Washington, the position coaches, and and, and I think that showed on the field. And and I think to your point and when we talk about the offensive identity crisis, I think that's why you hear more attrition. Where's the attrition being talked about? It's being talked about on offense. offense and I think that's not necessarily a knock on the staff per se. I think a lot of that's just uncertainty about where are we going? What are we doing? Yeah. And they you got the same question about the offense we have
3: no and you, where and, are you going and, what and, are you doing and and i think it's unfair to always just say oh man they just haven't had the talent that's not true man i'm sorry right like, there are guys playing in the nfl right now who are undrafted all right on that from that texas offensive identity crisis we've been talking about for the last seven years marcus johnson is one of them playing for the mm-hmm. eagles player, you know what i mean because they didn't get enough showcase here at, at texas because texas couldn't utilize them they texas had too many other issues uh you know you can talk about malcolm brown the running back i mean it Fozzy Whitaker It goes on and on. You are like, damn, those guys are NFL caliber players. And yeah, Texas. They had ah, they were right. It was sad, so so careers. You know what I mean? And so, it's, and, and it, I, you'll say the same thing about some of these wide receivers from this group. I am sure it'll be like yeah. two of these guys are gonna end up in the league who are gonna go undrafted. It'll be like, damn, that guy went to Texas. Like, yeah, Texas. He was he was just a inconsistent wide receiver. But in the league, he's one. You know, he's he's kind of an up and comer. Like, and it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. I think to watch it all go down because don't say. There's not talent there. There's talent on the offensive side of ball Texas. That wide receiver rotation has talent. Yes, right. a ton of. It. Tom Herman even said so before the start of the year. A ton of talent knowing that wide receiver. even with Reggie and Phil Maps leaving. Right, there's still a ton of it there. Yes. Now you may lose some more of those guys, but you're bringing in other prospects too. Texas has to get an identity on offense. That way they know who they are, and then that way they know how to maximize the talent within yeah. the scheme and within the identity. And then
0: stability, just stability on the offensive line, just average play and average quarterback play. If you can get that with the skill position. Guys, then you should be able to build something from there. But if Texas is not able to get the offensive line play that they need, and it's not going to allow the offense the time to turn into an offense, then you're going to be
3: stuck in a bad cycle. Her Hand, man, that's why they brought him in. So there they made go. an adjustment right. there. They made an improvement there on the off with the offensive line, just in hiring Herb opinion. Mm-hmm. And
4: and you talk about just we spent you know a whole podcast a couple weeks ago talking about just reviving the run game. Rod, I was looking at the numbers. You realize Sam Ellinger is the team leader in rushing at 385 mm-hmm. yards. That's the lowest total for a Texas leading rusher since 19- Nineteen fifty-eight. It sounds
3: like it. That is a hell of a stat. Oh, that's a great stat.
4: Yeah, I got that's how brand. bad the running game was. Three in two thousand seventeen.
3: That, that, that hurts. That stat was so good. It like I my heart dropped.
0: I can't believe in nineteen fifty-eight they had somebody wow. that didn't run for three hundred fifty-eight yards. It's like, what, else, what the passing? hell is going oh, on? Y'all
3: doing? How
0: bad was that? Just guy? horrible football <laughs> to watch for a season.
3: <laughs> you know, are not passing. You're forward pass. Hell, and that was, was like still brand new back then. That you know? was the third year. <laughs> That's
0: what caused the wishbone to be thought yeah. of, because Royal at that point obviously had to rethink his offense three mm-hmm. years in.
3: Four pass back then was like the RPO today. He was like cutting
4: edge. I mean, think cr-
0: about that. By '63, they're winning championships with Royal. Royal was hired what in '56 or something. So like Royal's wow. third year, did we almost fire the dude? In today's culture, would he have even got an opportunity? Probably not. No, probably no. Nah, fired wow. three years in.
4: Look at this offense.
0: 385. That
4: is hilarious. We See, Texas in 58, Darryl Royals' second year. Actually, they were 7-3. and three. Man, yeah, uh, that just go. shows football hey, is OSBK disgusting. Is Derek All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout, but when we come back, we're talking more Texas football in the offseason, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com.
1: This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe.
4: Rod, you you brought this to my attention and I I just thought it was a brilliant way to look at, really painting the picture of how good were you in a particular season. And one of your mentors in the radio business, John Madani, a guy that I still confide in to this day, John Madani gave me the best quote ever about stats. Stats are like a bikini. They don't show you everything, but they show you a lot.
3: They show you enough, man. Mm.
4: (laughs) And I want to look at where Texas was elite. And Rod, we figured, you know, there were 100, 100, I think, 128 teams in the FBS to the NCAA ranked statistically. So I said basically if you were in the top you're probably the top 16, 15 16 teams in the country in a statistic category, yeah. you were elite. I think that puts you in the top what? Top, you in top, top 15%, tw- top, 12, top 12, top 12 to 15%, percent, 15% something like that. Something yeah. Like yeah. that. I agree mm-hmm. with that. So look at where Texas was elite. There were one, two three, four, five categories where Texas oh, was elite. And you tell me if this paints a picture of where Texas oh, was really I, good. I can guess. Can I,
3: guess can I try to guess one or two? Go ahead. Uh, and I'll tell you if you're uh, right. Are they all defense?
4: Two defense one special teams hmm. or, I'm sorry Four defense One special
3: teams uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh okay That's Easy Michael Dixon Yes <laughs> Net, no
4: net Dixon. punting average Number one in the country <laughs> yeah, Forty-four point one. And
0: I gotta tell myself I never backed down From him leaving early I knew that guy was gone
3: Yeah 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 I think we all did at point Hey y'all argue hey, me you say, know Y'all brought the quote
0: Saying y'all all backed down During the season That he
3: was not leaving yeah, I,
0: I, th- I put my heels in the sand is
3: true And said that he's leaving I started thinking it later on After I did more research But you're right You were the first To, to say he call, man. I was the only one not back down. Um, okay, uh, rush defense. I think we did. We finish top.
4: Yes, run defense. Yeah, Eighth yeah, in rush. the country. One hundred six point mm-hmm. eight yards per game allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's two two down, three to go. Rod.
3: Okay. Uh, oh, third down defense. Mm-hmm. Third down defense.
4: Yeah. Third in the country. Twenty seven point one percent. Texas was also number. I don't really count this because <clears throat> the numbers are kind of skewed. Seventh in the country on, on in fourth down defense. Well, yeah, I,
3: I do count that because think about it. Let's oh, turn over on downs If people don't count as turnovers, right? But dude, we get the ball back. Right. Actually, more important but, than you know, third downs. Yeah. But and
4: if you look
0: at the de- uh, deep stats, Texas number one in the nation on third. When you consider, like, I guess that, the Big that, Twelve, yeah,
4: there's a lot of
3: teams that'll roll the dice and go for. Oh, it, I guess that more depends. Important.
4: Well, I guess that depends on how you look at it at the end. Of but okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna contradict myself. I'm a
3: defensive guy, so
4: yes, someone's you figure fourth down defense. Some of those might be late in the game when you're you're ahead and teams are just kind of throwing it and you've got fourth and longs. right. But Texas was but, in a lot of close exactly. games. well
0: and that's
3: also but Texas. Why they really kind. Good point. You're right. It's it's all about what Circumstance I do yeah. that And yes. that's why it's a good place
0: To follow football outsiders Or college football study hall That always throws out All garbage Right yeah. So Texas I mean, yeah. Cleaning the glass Does the same thing so, For NBA if you need one So
4: really we'll yeah. say There's six categories Where Texas was the least. So yes Rod Seventh in the country And fourth down Alright so on. now you've got Three more left
3: um, One offensive Ooh, I'm sorry no. You've got no, you two left special Two left, then four oh, left. Oh, No no offensive Sorry No, no
4: offensive Two uh, defensive categories Two left. defensive categories left
3: Okay Um, Let's go with Ooh Oh, man. Let's go with, uh no one red, zone? Be, red zone defense?
4: No, one should be pretty obvious.
3: One should be pretty obvious. Did I miss Man. All right,
4: go. You go, because I'm missing it. Defensive touchdowns. Oh, Allowed. damn it.
3: No, yeah, you're right. Defensive Seven touchdowns.
4: defensive touchdowns, number yeah. one in the country. Yeah, you're right. And then the last one at the back end of our, uh, I mean, of our parameters I mean? here, total takeaways, 16th in the country with 26 takeaways. Yeah. So, <clears throat> for Texas, you were good. You were among the best in the country on third and fourth down defense, defensive touchdowns, net punting, rushing defense, and takeaways. Yeah, yeah you which is bad. Basically. 500
0: so it shows your offense was very deficient.
4: And we'll get to yeah. that because would you like to know where Texas was not elite? Now, Rod, I use different criteria. You're basically, the I said battle,
0: you're getting defensive scores, defensive you're stopping strong. them on third down, they can't run the ball. It's like be. I look. Be
4: I looked coach. at it like this: if you it's were not elite, basically, ball. if you were a hundredth or worse in a category, yeah. if you were triple digits, you're bad. Yeah. You're bad at it. It's that. the drizzling. Whatever you know what? You're
3: bad at that. Yeah. All right, twenty percent.
4: Yes. So Texas, uh, where Texas was not elite, fewest penalty yards. Texas a hundred. in the country in penalty yards, 106th in the country in penalties per game, 111th in the country in penalty yards per game. Wow. Ooh. Yes. You're just killing yourself. And you think, yeah, you think about how many drives this year, especially on offense, did we see they would be like in a second and four and then boom, you get a false start. Or you get a hold. Or you get something and then now you're behind the sticks again. Yep. And for a team that wins
3: with what we just obviously looked at the elite uh, categories for Texas, special teams and defense, that's the
4: worst.
3: You know, I mean like right. that's why K-State wins with special teams and defense but they they don't kill they don't beat themselves in penalties right that's how K-State wins you're the opposite yeah
4: now one of these is kind of eh, and you could take it for what it's worth because Texas was so good in the field position game kick return defense Texas uh, is 120th in the country in kick return defense bad, but Matt you know how sp- oh, that's
0: only bought baked into yeah. the if you punt the ball 70 yards he's gonna run it 20 until you get to the 50 yard mark where yeah. the guys he's out kicking his coverage a lot of times
3: so that's just no this is kicker this is kick, this is kick return.
4: There. this doesn't have nothing to do with punts this is kickoff return oh Kirk Kickoff oh, return defense. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, it's one of those deals It's like, but, kick, you know, yeah. but you guys know how the, how the some of the return game stats work. If you give up one decent return, that could skew your numbers for the whole our, year.
3: But our, yeah. our, I think uh, every hunt fan who's watched Longhorn mm-hmm. football knows our kickoff coverage has been not great. Not the last our, f- Subpar few years. for the last few years. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah.
4: much better when Rowland started kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone.
0: Exactly. It was the opposite <laughs> yeah. of like a decade yeah. ago when you were love kick return defense and it was like somebody's going to go make a play and stop yeah. them in the It was
4: 20. like
3: the 100 meters at the Olympics. And right, yeah, I think
4: some of that, some of that could be a strategic error because I think early in the season it seemed like they were trying to do more kind of, kind of pop up kicks or you know let's try to pin them back deep understand. and run down there. Like all
3: the speed that Texas has, dude, yeah. make it a track meet and put speed on the kickoff and just let guys race down there and go wreak yeah. havoc. That's why I've, I've never I, understood. I still, that.
4: I don't understand how Texas can be year after year be so awful returning kicks. I know,
3: yeah, that's true too. You have so much
4: speed on your team. Right I don't it now, down they, they were better. They it's were been better since this year. DJ returning Monroe kicks. and
0: Goodwin, like boy, they game with Koma the last time I remember one being yeah. brought back. And that's elite speed. That's not even just speed. Right. Mm-hmm. Fozzie. Fozzie. had two. Fozzie was great. He had two in a game.
4: I'm trying. Hold on. Let me look at and kickoff, no kickoff returns for this team <laughs> real quick. And we
0: literally had no offense then. I remember. there was like special yeah. teams. It was like oh Fozzie's getting return kicks. Oh Fozzie's I mean you there. actually
4: had multiple guys pop off of a return of 30 plus yards this year on kickoff return. Yeah. Chris good. Boyd's longest was 38. Kyle Porter's was 41. Devin Duvernay 34. Amani Foreman's 36. At least they're trying stuff. LG J. Humphrey's 37. So here's one, Rod, and this goes to just kind of life in the Big 12. Passing yards allowed. Texas yeah. 108th in the country, yeah. uh, 105th in the country in yards per completion.
0: I wonder what we were in the conference. So that'd be amazing if we were 108th, but like first <laughs> like, in the conference. Like third in the conference. <laughs> yeah, um, We might have been. But yeah. here's
4: what's interesting about that though. When you look at the plays this defense gave up this year, Rod, they were mostly chunk yardage passing plays. Oklahoma, chunk yardage plays.
3: Yeah, you're
4: right. The one, up, yeah. the one play Missouri had in the bowl game that really... We got them. USC play, SC at the end plays. of the game and, and at the end of the first half mm-hmm. on that. I've seen no, uh, Mary. Maryland
3: start off with. That's where we yeah. That was plays. the one
0: good thing about it. Like I remember yeah. us coming in and talking about games and being like, man, Texas won eighty percent of those plays, but man, those twenty that they screwed up on, they were all touchdowns. And USC and, in and, 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 and that's yeah. all the game. There were yeah. so many games. Oklahoma like that too. Blow, exactly. Oklahoma like that. you
4: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and here's where we get to some of the bad stuff. Red zone. <laughs> <laughs> This
0: other
3: stuff wasn't bad. No, this, <laughs> stuff. This, bad this other stuff, stuff really paints this
4: the picture. Is the putrid <laughs> red zone? Red zone offense, hundredth in the country, seventy eight point seven percent success rate. Mm. And I think you were about forty something percent touchdowns in the red zone on your trip, Rod. Yeah, you can point to two games in particular that stand out. Well, actually, three. Really? Oh, okay. Let's go four: Maryland, USC, USC. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas State. Tech. If you're just better in the red zone in those games, you win those win games. games or at least win
3: half of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And where does that put you? Yeah, I'm with you on that. After the red. Trust it, we just talked about Colin Johnson not being in the game during red zone possessions, and we're like, he's 6'6. Yeah. (laughs) Like just as a distraction, throw (laughs) him out there and the team will go, holy sh, he's 6'6. We should I'm fading that way, dude. I'm fading. You know, the corner's gonna freak everybody's gonna freak out over a 6'6 down the red zone, and you would have him off the field at times. Sometimes you would go empty. Yeah. Like on the goal line. Oh, yeah.
4: going
3: empty? Whoa, whoa. You're not gonna give the illusion that you may run the ball. Was it the Maryland game? No, and it
0: contradicts the numbers, game that if they're playing the numbers game will go and try to skew yeah. those and separate them yeah. out. Yeah, you the,
3: got Sam Ellinger who can run it, so now have two options in the backfield that can run it. Not
4: yeah. just one. That was going to be one of my points, which oh, is nice. at, there were times this year yeah. where their red zone play calling was really good. I think K-State, West Virginia, and it was Ellinger at quarterback and you're running some kind of hard... I like
3: that USC throwback
4: play. Yeah, you're running some kind of hard to, play action yeah. or some kind of misdirection. Like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to you know the USC game that passed the K Brewer. That's why yeah. they didn't go for two because that was like the two that. point play that they burned, and like, we hey, did a whole show. I'm gonna need but,
3: you to have more than one two right, point we're two play. Right, we need to get a couple get more. Like three Overs. or four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Green notebook, put them in the back, yeah. <laughs> and have them ready to go. But then, I I but then that.
4: there were games like you know the Maryland game, right? I, 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 and somebody out there, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll go back and look at my notes. I don't have them in front of me right now. I want to say that was one where they were either a one back set or an empty set, and they ran like some kind of like tight end screen to Garrett Gray yes, on like so a third and goal. That. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, you're right. I remember this.
4: And then there was like against Texas Tech, there was like the wide receiver. A reverse pass. Oh, the reverse wide receiver. Yeah. I
0: remember that too. Yes. Oh, and it was... wasn't even like the guy that was a quarterback oh. in high school, I believe, throwing Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: You're two of those guys. Lorenzo, Joe, Edge. That's what my big complaint was. My big complaint was not the play call. It was the personnel you had ready to play. On uh, top in- of it. Instead of the quarterbacks who used to, who, the wide receivers uh, who used to play quarterback. And Adam. then
4: uh, the last two categories where Texas was not elite. Wow. And this goes back to the offensive line issue. Sacks allowed? 103rd in the country country 2.62 sacks allowed per game and tackles for loss allowed 110th in the country 6.92 tackles for loss allowed per game basically rod your offensive line's giving up if you round up three sacks and seven tackles for loss a game yeah how many of those are just killing drive you know what i mean just killing uh, yeah this. i would imagine most yeah, of them did. yeah
3: i mean like not, and not only killing drives, but they put you behind the chains and you already can't you're one-dimensional and you got a freshman quarterback most of the time and
4: the one that sticks yeah. out to me though is the one that was the drive and the the, the the Sam the sam ellinger drive where you know he allegedly Lee was concussed late in the Oklahoma game, yeah. where Shane Shell comes in, and they're actually moving the ball. But then he gets blindsided and nearly lost the ball. But that put them behind the chains, and they never recovered. That yep. was a that was a game where they were driving to go try to win the game. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they're. They were in Oklahoma territory. Yeah, I know. I, I'm with you. And that, but
3: that goes back. You said to the offensive line issues, which Tom Herman has tried to address this offseason. They're still trying to address. They're still trying to get Calvin Anderson from transfer. from
4: Rice, the grad yeah. transfer. Uh, it's really going to come down to Texas and Michigan. It sounds like Casey Tucker, the Stanford. For transfer has already said he's going to Arizona State, so Texas really kind of all in on Calvin Anderson right now. Yeah. I think they've got a couple of the lines out there. Uh there's a kid, uh Kevin Fedor from Ohio State, who was kind of a backup guy for Ohio State, uh, could come in and, and be a depth guy for Texas. Uh, and then there's a Rutgers grad transfer who Texas could also potentially get him, who's more of an interior guy. We'll get them all. But yeah, I mean go get them all. <laughs> Cal, Calvin Anderson, Calvin Anderson's a guy that's gonna come in and, and be a walk in starter at left tackle. Okay. No question. No question, right? No question. Okay. Yeah. Then
3: I, I don't see how that's not a good. but I don't know what the depth issue is at Michigan, so I don't know.
4: But he, isn't he from Texas? He's from yeah. He's from Westlake. Yeah, Played a senior I don't know. At Westlake, yeah, at you go to Michigan then? I mean, I, I think I think Jim, well, Har- Jim Harbaugh well, Jim Harbaugh selling the Jim lineage of offensive line that he had going back to Stanford that they true. put in the NFL. Damn you,
0: Harbaugh! Basically, Damn you! We're getting a shot only because we're his hometown team. Damn you, Harbaugh! Hometown. No, 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 no. Yeah, it makes
4: so, makes so too Rod, much sense. So Rod, when you look at this statistical profile, mm. Texas was elite among the best in the country in third down defense, fourth down defense, defense of touchdowns, getting non-off, getting unconventional scores. Scoring for you! Putting points on the board. Net punting. You're winning the field position game. Run defense. You're putting the opposing offense behind the chains. Taking the ball away. Getting the ball back for your offense. But you were really bad in shooting yourself in the foot with penalties. uh, Kickoff return defense which, eh, we'll take that for whatever it is. Passing yards allowed. You know, it's hard to fault the defense with everything they're doing right for the one thing they did wrong. But then, you were awful in the red zone offensively and you're getting your quarterback killed and you're giving up big plays behind the line of scrimmage. That kind of... In a nutshell, it really tells you the tale of Texas. Yeah, I mean, you're really good stopping bad. the run and really good on defense overall. Um, and you were horrible scoring on offense, taking advantage of opportunities, and your offensive line was garbage.
3: I'm gonna say they're outstanding on defense because we know the culture of the Big Twelve, man. You're gonna give up passing right. right? Yeah, kind of I just looked
0: it up, and Texas was barely behind Oklahoma and Iowa yeah. State, right it's, there with West Virginia. But it's it's but kind of one of those.
4: Things we're one of the best in the conference, so you're you top realize, half of the conference, bottom yes. quarter in the country. Yeah, you got to
3: realize we're gonna give so up certain things, but <laughs> uh Todd Orlando realized, like, you know what, okay, we'll give up passing yards, but the price you're going to pay is we're going to take the ball away from you. The chances of you making a mistake are going to rise exponentially mm-hmm. when you throw the ball against us because we're going to make sure it's third and long because you're not going to be able to run the ball. To that take point, Rod, that, that point Rod you know there, I mean? There were, which is why third down is yeah, really good. Too. There were
4: games where Tom Herman said their goal was, in mean, Missouri he said this, Oklahoma State he said this, their goal was to defend the pass first and foremost because one thing that we talked about, especially after that Maryland game, this was a really good tackling. This was one of the best tackling Texas. Defenses I've seen them in a very long time. Really I yeah. mean, and you got to you know, go back this, to a, a, a Will Muschamp defense. Yeah. I think the final last time you saw a Texas defense that was this good at, at just stopping the ball, limiting plays, stopping them for what they were supposed to gain, and, and living to fight another. day. A
3: lot of good ones in the secondary too. Yes, I and mean, at the kind of the last line of. Holden
4: Hill, Deshaun Elliott might have been your best too. Holden I mean,
3: Hill was really good, man, at tackling. Remember Holden Hill in the yeah. open field tackles? I man, he was fantastic. So, no, I agree. With you. I think yeah, Texas offense not only hurt them with the penalties you just pointed that out, but also when you did have a chance to cash it in the red zone, you didn't. No, You, heard, you know what I mean? So, yeah,
0: it makes, it makes perfect sense to me the way the season ended up. And think about the mentality. I mean, it only makes sense in Orlando. Did a great job of it last year. But in this conference, even more so, doubled down on stopping the pass because sometimes, the opposing team, even if you're giving them the run, they aren't going to take.
3: Exactly. Like, you know, like yeah.
0: sometimes it might not even hurt you. Yeah, they might like even not even know. They may just uh, fall into throwing the ball 60 times to try to come back. Thing, yeah. If you get the lead and do it. Now, there are the yeah. teams that have evolved with it. Like, like watching West Virginia, watching even Baylor at the end of the they But Mm -hmm. those are the coaches that are then running because the numbers and everything tell them because you're allowing them to. They're going to take that if you're giving it to them, but that's why the scheme of Orlando and having the ability to bring pressure from not exactly where you Mm -hmm. know, it's just enough of that confusion that if you are stable enough to be in enough position and a decent enough tackler, you can survive. Just don't give up that huge play.
3: Agreed.
4: Pause for the cause to pay some Build, but we'll keep the conversation going on the other side as we continue talking Texas football in the offseason. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com.
1: Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe,
4: Rod. Uh, just go, you talk. We talked about the run game and the issues with the offensive line um, going into the Missouri game. And I'm looking at the data from Pro Football Focus, which I've got the matchup overview heading into the bowl game. Pro Football Focus had Texas as a pass blocking offense ranked 88th in the country and as a run blocking offense about 128 out of 130 in the FS? Exactly. Wow.
0: That's why we ran the quarterback. The second Connor Williams went out, and wow. we did nothing but do that because we weren't blocking <laughs> anybody. Ran. I mean, it was that's just the. Our, entire identity changed. Well,
4: but that's what we talked about after mm-hmm. that game. I mean, we were searching for the offensive identity, and Rod came in and said it after the K-State game. Your offensive identity is Sam Ellinger. Yeah.
3: Unfortunately. And, that, not, and that's not an insult to Sam It say, was right. the smartest that's thing just, to determine. It shouldn't be that It a wasn't freshman. a plan
4: that was built to
0: last. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, and it was, but it also was the best of the bad ideas. It was that Argo yeah. principle. I mean, sure. had not, it was the most successful, so at that point, it's not that, like, oh, well, Connor's out. Everything we plan on not going to work. Okay, well, we aren't going to play anymore. You can't do that. You got to go out there with something, so let this freshman go, and he was a guy that right now, you know, you see that he played as a freshman, did just with a ton of testosterone. He made gotta, mistakes, got to learn on the job. I
3: gotta go back and watch how many of his runs were designed runs and how many of them were scrambles, his rushing yards. Look at the USC game. I would game. love to know because honestly, I bet it's 50-50. Mm,
4: it's probably close to it, yeah. You
3: know what I mean? Like, I bet it's close to 50-50. So it was, even the yards that he gained, a lot of them weren't like run-blocking yes. concepts necessarily. Played him. It, you know, it was improvising and it, freestyling, the which it, Says that, that 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 run blocking grade is, is as bad as it looks like that. It is that bad, I believe. And even more
0: yeah. of a reason that we see Sam and the need to have a guy like Sam, that even despite Bouchel being a good, functionally mobile college quarterback, with the offensive line deficiency so bad that it wasn't able to allow him to be, have a successful offense. But what can happen whenever everything hits a fan when the pressures are coming, Sam yes. can scramble out and play two starts. And that's where a lot of our offense came from. Yep.
4: I'm trying to pull it up because I know pro football focus breaks that down, but it's not cooperating with no, me No, 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 point. it's all right. I'll look into it next nah, week, just,
3: too. Uh, no, I'll look at it, too, because I, no, I, I want to go back and look at it. I'm, I'm sure pro football focuses do it, so yeah, text your boy later with it, but I'm sure it's honestly, it may be more scramble yards and improvisational rushing yards than actually, you know what I mean, like de- deliberate running plays, mm-hmm. or like called running plays. I'm telling you. So
4: we've hit on attrition, we've hit on uh, hit on the statistical breakdown that I wanted to get to, and I want to start this conversation now, and we'll Carry this over into next week. Next week we'll be through signing day, so we'll have a better idea of scholarship numbers and a depth chart and kind of how all these pieces are gonna fit. But uh Rod, I want to start kind of recapping, kind of closing the book as much as we can on twenty seventeen. Obviously you guys on the uh, that have been listening to the Blitz for a while know how we'll do it all through the off season, all through the summer, uh when we've got little to nothing else to talk about. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll kind of recap. But I want to start looking at just kind of breaking it down and we'll ta- again carry this in the next week. But uh I was looking at Athlon Sports and Athlon Sports has you know a lot of offseason content and they graded the coaching hires, basically, if you were a first-year head coach at a school, um, they graded you. You know, for example, yeah. uh, Jeff Tedford from Fresno State got an A+. Fresno went from 1-11 so to 10-4. and four. Okay. Uh, Lincoln Riley gets an A-plus yeah. for taking Oklahoma to the playoff and of the Big 12. Uh, uh, I look at— So are they their, grading
0: the coach's performance or the school's hiring of
4: They're grading the coach's performance right, cool, in year cool. one and measuring that against expectations. Okay. Like, <clears throat> okay, great example. Charlie Strong. South Florida went 10-2. and two. You would think a really good year, right? But they were expected to be in the mix for the playoff.
3: A lot of guys coming back. Right? Charlie
4: Strong got a B-. be yeah. minus. Tom Plus, Herman. Yeah.
3: He should have beat U of H. That's why that U of H game is one they were supposed to win.
4: Tom Herman. Texas goes seven and six. Tom Herman gets to be minus. Uh,
3: Charlie Strong cursing Texas. I so can see So the yeah. so the because so of the offense so, and that's your effort, that's your expertise.
4: So Tom Herman is right there with at, Charlie Strong is at nine. Tom Herman is at ten. Matt Luke at Ole Miss got to be minus. Ole Miss was six and six mm-hmm. ineligible for a bowl, but yeah. Ole Miss finished six and six with all the it's got, it's and all that yeah uh, Ed Orgeron LSU goes 9-4 Ed Orgeron gets a B-minus yeah
3: I can understand
4: uh, that Justin Wilcox Cal B-minus and then Major Applewhite C-plus um, so Tom Herman's right there with Matt Luke Charlie Strong Justin Wilcox those types yeah and this is what Athlon had to say about Tom Herman expectations in Austin are higher than a 7-1 season but Herman's debut provided a foundation for 2018 and beyond Texas snapped a string of three consecutive losing seasons under Poison in a top 10 recruiting class for the first time since 2012 the Longhorns needed a win over Missouri and the Texas Bowl to secure a winning record but this team lost four games by five points or less, including a 29-24 matchup to Oklahoma. Harmon's top priority going into 2018 remains on offense after his units averaged 25.4 points in Big 12 games. The defense has key pieces to replace, but coordinator Todd Orender should keep this group near the top of the Big 12. Kind of in a nutshell, the same things we've been talking about here. What is the ceiling for this offense? And while the defense is going to take a step back, I don't think it's going to fall off a cliff by any means and that step might be minimized because where you might not have the top end talent, you're replacing that. Your Your compensation is We've got a lot of experience, especially on the defensive line and in the secondary.
3: Yeah, I think he got the grade that and that they gave him. Um, and I think it was fair because the offense is what lost games for Texas in the end. And the defense and the special teams is, is what won games. And your offensive expertise is partly why you were hired because you're a quarterback guru and you have your kind of own system you're bringing in. So I think, yeah, you should have. I wouldn't have doubted they've given him a harsher grade, honestly, because it, he didn't take over the offense. A lot of people wanted that, but you didn't see the Fingerprints of Tom Herman on their right. offense, honestly, to like Missouri. It would have been <laughs> to, that, w- to that Missouri game in the bowl. Game. Right.
4: It would have been a higher grade, Rod, and we talked about this too. Had they done what I think is the next step for this program. Had if they had just beaten everybody on the schedule they were supposed to beat. Maryland. Maryland and Texas Tech. Maryland yep. and Texas Tech. They win those two games. Changes everything. Either and you're eight you're eight and five or you're nine and four. Changes everything.
0: And exactly. And Completely changes everything. Perfect example of like where we're at in sports where you can I mean we have these one game samples to where the result and understandably so dictates these things but then when you look at say what Texas did they lost those couple games against lesser teams which you have to win but then whenever you out overperform against the better teams you don't necessarily get it weighed in as much to where like if you look at Vegas odds and just look at against the spread how did Texas com- you know perform compared to the rest of the league and Iowa State was just the best in the nation but Texas 9-4 against the spread and they were normally outscoring the spread by points points per game, beating the margins that were expected by Vegas, where everybody else in the Big 12, you know, Oklahoma, who went to the playoff, they were 8-6, and six. you had Tech and Oklahoma State 7-6, and six. so in comparison to gauging each situation that week, and what the just, if your best mathematicians are putting a ballpark number on how they should perform, yeah. Texas outperformed the rest of the conference other than Iowa State, and that's now looking at 7-6, and six, you didn't get the results, because if the results right. just changed in a couple games, then we may be viewing it different. 9-3 and three sounds a lot better than 7-5 and five or 7-6, and six. but we didn't get that, and also that makes us have the conversations, which are healthy, to have about, okay, where are the deficiencies? Why were you able to be better against these other teams? Why did you go past expectations yet in the season opener and season closer? Yeah. When you're against teams that are less than you, and you are at home and you don't win, what's going on here? So it's just a good thing to have, and a good way to look at it, too, that you might not be as bad off as you think, but it still sucks when you don't get to reap the right. benefits of it. Yeah. Rod, this for a decade. You don't
4: you know next week we'll get into things we're confident in, uh, you know, things that we think are lacking going into twenty eighteen. But Rod, kind of piggybacking on Matt's point, when you look at this fan base and how they view the overall product, to me, I think the overall product was much more palatable than what we got over three years of Charlie yeah. Strong. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just me having followed the program. And I think a lot of fans would kind of would feel the same way I do. Is it just because this is a fan base that has been built on toughness and and thinking about old school football with Darryl Royal and Mike Campbell and winning with great defense games where you're competitive because of your defense as opposed to maybe if you're losing games 56-50 or you know 52-49 yeah. or something like that it feels like I agree with that. all right this the the defensive foundation that's being built it's almost like I don't want to say out of sight out of mind but it's almost like thinking if you want to look at it from a glass half full standpoint Tom Herman's going to get this offense fixed at some point yeah right so I I think that, you know, Matt, you just brought up the question, and to me, Rod, a lot of the parallels between Texas and the Dallas Cowboys are similar just in terms of the expectations and how they're viewed. Mm-hmm. And I heard this conversation about the Cowboys. Are they really that far away like people think they are? Are they closer than people think they are? When you start looking at the way this program's being built, my wheels are starting to turn, and I'm not saying that it is, but it, I just want to throw it out there. Is Texas closer to being back than maybe we think?
0: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course yeah, they yeah, are. And I mean, hence, yeah. look at the Cowboy preseason odds this past year. Cowboys, Patriots, supposed to be in the Super Bowl. That was the. That was the clear-cut highest favorite. Where are you at right now? Texas, 25-1 to 1, to win it all next year. Like, dude, just going into the, it, yeah, you right. Right.
3: Look at the Eagles. Look mm-hmm. at the division rival of the Cowboys. Two years ago, they're a joke, right? The Chip Kelly thing, trading up to get oh, Carson Wentz. Everybody thinks they're crazy. Uh, they ship off Sam Bradford to make room for it, use all those picks, bring in guys, uh, salary cap room. They end up signing some free agents. Alshon and Jeffrey signed Nick Foles to a $12 million deal. People are like, they, they signed Nick Foles to $12 million? That's crazy. Why would you do that? <clears throat> Turns out, smartest move they ever made. All right? why they're in the Super Bowl right now because they're smarter than the rest of us so I, I agree the Cowboys are not that far away and the Longhorns I know it sounds crazy they aren't that far away they just the, the I agree with you the defense keeps you in it so maybe we're delusional because we see the defense right. keeping Texas it's a three point loss here. Is and it a, something a, legit a, a or is it fooling you like, could yeah. be that too uh, Zeke, you know, you know, that a, suspension was why the a, Cowboys didn't make the playoffs
4: yeah, could be that it, it could very well be that but, and Matt I'm glad you brought it up because in closing I'll say this when you, I think people want Want to break it down and say, okay, how close are you? Cowboys fans are going to say, you know what? We could be in the Super Bowl right now had Ezekiel Elliott not been suspended. That's the difference between 8-8 and 12-4. and, 12 and four. No, it's not. Okay, but you the see what I'm saying? The
3: Eagles proved that because they lost Carson Wentz. They lost Darren Sproles. They lost Jordan Hicks. They lost oh, their starting left tackle. Right. They, lost, they had all the same losses as the Cowboys, and yet they overcame them because their roster was better. So you're right. True. We are delusional as Longhorn right. fans. Yes. We're not that close, but it's Todd Orlando's oh, sure. defense is making it seem that way right it's a it's an illusion it's yeah. not real and maybe we're, not, we're farther there's away there's still a lot of work to there's be still done a ton of look at that old line a ton of work but you're right that defense is kind of making and you're right the that for cowboys that's ezekiel it's like no mm-hmm. that's not why you lost. philadelphia is right next door they're doing the same thing
4: <laughs> all right it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven and we will do that when we come back as we close out another edition of longhorn blitz with horns 247.com.
2: Thank you for calling Reese and Irby's, the future of frozen yogurt. Um, are you the robot people? <laughs> Reese and Irby's Froyo Robots? Yes, ma'am. Our Froyo Robots serves seven different flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with up to six delicious toppings all within 60 seconds. We place our robots all over the country. Malls, theaters, theme parks, almost anywhere people want an amazing treat. It's the future of frozen yogurt. And you sell these robots? That's right. Whether you're looking for a full or part-time turnkey business, recent and Irby's Froyo Robots are available as a unique franchise opportunity across the United States. And how do I find great locations for my robots? Well, actually we do that for you. Your robots go into high-traffic, secured locations, engage with customers daily, deliver amazing Froyo experiences to customers, and you collect the profits. They work so you don't have to. Well, I definitely want my own Froyo robots. How do I get them? It's easy. Just go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 3636. That's FroyoFranchising.com promo code 3636. Locations are going fast, so don't wait. Again, that's FroyoFranchising.com promo code 3636.
1: Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Take back control of your money and finances, and it gives you penalty free access to your savings. Plus, it beats the pants off any 401k or IRA. These are uncertain times, so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com right now. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com. Severe nausea. So bad you think you might just vomit. If these statements describe you and you've been diagnosed with gastroparesis, you might qualify for a clinical study that tests a new medication for nausea and the symptoms of gastroparesis. Qualified participants will receive study-related care and medication at no charge. Call 844-902-1212. That's 844-902-1212. This ad is sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals.
2: Not available in all states. Thank you for calling Reese and Irby's, the future of frozen yogurt.
1: Um, are you the robot
2: people? Recent Irby's Froyo Robots? Yes, ma'am. Our Froyo Robots serves seven different flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with up to six delicious toppings all within 60 seconds. We place our robots all over the country. Malls, theaters, theme parks, almost anywhere people want an amazing treat. It's the future of frozen yogurt. And you sell these robots? That's right. Whether you're looking for a full or part-time turnkey business, recent Irby's Froyo Robots are available as a unique franchise opportunity across the United States. And how do I find great locations for my robots? Well, actually we do that for you. Your robots go into high-traffic, secured locations, engage with customers daily, deliver amazing Froyo experiences to customers, and you collect the profits. They work so you don't have to. Well, I definitely want my own Froyo robots. How do I get them? It's easy. Just go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 3636. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 3636. Locations are going fast, so don't wait. Again, that's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 3636. Attention shoppers. Clean up on aisle 14. Cleanup on aisle 14. Someone dropped a jar of pickles. Pickles. pickles.
1: Beatboxing at a big box store. Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. A red minivan has the lights on in the parking lot. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Geico. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff
4: Howe. (laughs) <laughs> we will pick this conversation back up conversation. next week like and uh, start looking, uh, continue our look back at 2017 and start looking ahead of 2018 because signing day will be in the books. We'll get to talk about the uh, class as a whole and look at how some of these guys are going to fill holes on the depth chart. I've got a feeling Keandre Coburn is going to be a big topic of conversation next week. So, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network, 104.9 to Horn AM, 1260, hornfm.com and the Horn app where you can hear Rod on the Rod. Ride- podcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. shameless as Thank you for that, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh The Horn has been great broadcast partners. Uh, you can hear me with Chad and Kevin every Thursday. And if you want more Longhorn Blitz, thanks to Matt, you get us on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and any podcast app.
0: Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz.
4: For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode.
0: You've been listening
1: to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news...